Today, we're in a series, this is part two of Walking in the Power of His Name. I, I shared with you, we had a series that we started in December during Christmas time, talking about the name of Jesus. I shared with you some things that God said to me um, before the first of the year about the name of Jesus and the investment that's in the name. And um, in uh, Matthew chapter 26, um, I want to read this passage, and then uh, if, if you saw it on social media, I, I put a little video up of, uh, of a, a couple things that I said, just about a two-minute video, and I'm going to show it now if you didn't see it on social media, that I shared in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in, when I was in Israel. And uh, I want to preach from, the, from several points that I made, but, but I, I want to read the passage that talks about what this message, what will come, this message will come from. And in verse 36 of Matthew 26, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took, Peter, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Verse 37, it says, He showed grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. And what you can add in there, anytime there's depression, there's fear. Because the devil operates in fear and depression to bring people down. Amen? So Jesus went through the fear and depression that you and I face on a, on a, on a daily basis. We, we, the attacks come. We don't have to receive them, but attacks in, in a different ways come. And he took that upon himself. It says he was... He was so, so, uh, in, in the Amplified, it says he was, dist- he, was, he, was gr- he showed grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. Everybody say, it is well with my soul. Because of what he went through, it's well for us. Okay? Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, oh, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and he prayed saying the same thing to the Father, if there's any other way. And he came back and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away, and he said the same thing a third time, Lord, if there be any other way. And he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us go. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Um, So, I want to show this little two-minute video. Just watch this real quick. I'm here in Jerusalem, Israel, and I'm in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here's an olive tree. And as you look around, you can see all the different olive trees. It goes down into a certain area. And here was the place. And well, and behind me also is the Eastern Gate. That's Dome of the Rock. Wailing Walls on the other side of that beautiful place just picturesque but a lot of meaning here a lot of spiritual meaning in this in in this whole area 
But I want to say, in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's something that has really struck me in the last few years that, I, that I'm thinking about today very strongly. And that is, when Jesus came here, he made the point. Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not, not my will, but yours be done. So he entered in here, and his will and the Father's were not the same. And what, ha what he had to do is he had to make a choice to choose the Father's will. We do too, every day. There's times that we don't think like God. We don't our attitudes or ideas need to be changed. And in this moment is when he made the choice that he was going to offer himself for all of humanity. And it was in this garden that he did it. And, and, and one of the things, there's three, three times he left some of his disciples at one point, he took Peter and John to another point and left them, and he went deeper to make that decision. And a lot of times we gotta leave everything and everybody behind to make that quality decision to really love and serve God. But this is where it started. I mean, I almost feel kind of a weep, a weeping coming over me, thinking about that the choice for all of humanity was made. The choice for me to be free and empowered to live in planet Earth, successful and overcoming, was made right here. And he made it for me, but he made it for you. So I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to be home. But this is a great place. I wanted you to know these couple things. Amen. Glory to God. And, you know, I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, I, I could feel myself just starting to weep over just what I said right there at the end again, that it, it started right there. And this passage today, we're, we're talking about walking in the power of the name that has, I mean, to say that there's a huge investment into the name doesn't even come close. It's not a huge investment. It's an investment that mentally you can't even understand. And as, as I've read this passage, and, and I've read it in, different, in, in, in the different accounts of, of, the, of the apostles that, that wrote it out, but here in Matthew, it, just, it, it continues to go over and over in me about what he was experiencing right here as a man. And that's what I want to talk about in the next few minutes. He was experiencing something in, in, in the garden that he had never experienced before. He, he, he was having thoughts and emotions that he had never touched before to this point. He was thinking thoughts and, having, and dealing with fear and depression, and his soul was being, it, it, there was an attempt to overtake his soul. Every one of us, can think of times you may be going through something in your life today or there's been times that you went through something and you didn't feel like you could, you could handle it. And he began to, to, to feel that. And when you, when you read this, I wanna, I wanna read if, I'm going to read this whole thing again, but I'm going to just take a few verses. It says in verse 36, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Okay? So, when you, you saw where I was standing, well, that garden is huge. There's the, there's the parts of the garden that, um, there's two parts of the garden that are pretty much for, it's pretty much commercialized. There's a church building that's built right there or close to it. And, 
And everywhere that Jesus did something in Israel, they build a church, they build a building. And so, so there's two parts of that. But where I was standing was up a little bit because you can't even take a little video or a picture without there being a hundred people behind you or around you. So I walked up farther and my tour guide, who's a pastor of the church that we've connected with, he told me that, that, that this is probably where they were here, you know, but it's commercialized just a little bit farther. It's still the same garden. It's just, you know, in different places. And so here, he said, sit here while I go over there. And so he, the distance wasn't very far. It couldn't have been because the garden's not that big. So it couldn't have been much farther than from here to the wall. But I'm going to go over there. And he said, and, and, he, and, and when he went over there, he took Peter and James and John and began to be sorrowful and deeply, depre- uh, deeply distressed or depressed, as it said, and in great fear. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Have you ever been in fear where, I mean, man, you've you got to help me. <laughs> I mean, you've got you to help me. I mean, I, you, you don't realize what I'm going through. He was in fear, and he wanted their help. He was a man. You say, well, it was Jesus. No, it was Jesus, all man and all God, but this was the man part of Jesus. I, 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 I need your help. Man, stay with me. I mean, pray with me. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I've got these thoughts and this, this emotion. It's attacking me. This fear is trying to overtake me, and I need help, and I need you to help me. I need you to be here with me. Please stand with me. Watch and pray while I go over here. So he left the first group, and he took Peter, James, and John, and he went over here to this other place, and he told them, and he's pleading with them. You know what? I, I, I mean, you know, there's something that's happening. And then he goes by himself another step, and he says, Father, I mean, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know that I can go through this. If there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. His will and the Father's will were not the same. You you have to let that go down in you because that goes against that goes against doctrinal grain of people that you think there's no way that the Father and Jesus had a separate will, but that's what it says. God, if there be any other way than doing it your way, please. And he's saying this to his disciples. Please pray with me. Please stand with me. Please stay in, you know, in agreement with me. Let, I, I, I've never been here before. How, how many of us have been in situations that we've never been in before and fear and distress and depression and things try to set in? And, and, and the tendency is to get people come on man you got to agree you got to stay you can't leave me i mean come on i mean i mean we, I, I don't know what to do i mean i'm in deep debt and i don't know about this situation and you got to help me and you got to whatever but it wasn't until he went to the third place after he left peter james and john and you notice peter james and john all through scripture they were the closest to him surely you guys won't more than likely, it doesn't say, but the first group probably fell asleep first. 
I mean, these guys needed vitamins or something. I don't know what the deal was. Come on, just hang for an hour, right? But there's a point here. Men and people will never take you to the next place. See, there's a difference in things being separated. There's a difference in separation because... I'm tired of something versus there being a separation in life where you're, where you're separated or people you know, pull away from you because of your obedience to the things of God. There's a difference in being separated and, and, and something, you know, you getting frustrated and you separating yourself. See, Jesus didn't separate himself. Jesus obeyed God and things happened. But see, when you obey God, even when people separate you, they come back. See, they all came back to it. See, a lot of times in Scripture, we focus on, man, they all let him go. They all forsook him. They all left him. But they left him because of his obedience. See, they didn't, they didn't leave him because, or, or, or it, it, they weren't gone because he left them. They left him because he obeyed God and did something they couldn't understand. And we have to understand that day to day that your mind, your will, and emotions are going to fight with what the will of God is. Flesh and spirit mix as well as oil and water do. Have you ever tried to mix oil and water? Doesn't happen. They separate, right? Flesh and spirit separate. And, and so you're, you're going to either try in life to accomplish things in the flesh or you're going to learn how to obey God and go to the deep place and, and many times the separated place to have a relationship with God that in that relationship you're able to overcome. See, in the relationship with God is where He empowers you to go to levels and heights and accomplish things that in the natural you would have never thought you could. I'm telling you, Jesus went in that garden and he didn't think he could do it. Or he wouldn't have said that. You ever see in Scripture where he ever said that before? Absolutely not. But when you're taking on everything that that humanity has ever done, and you're taking on yourself everything that humanity will ever do that's wrong, and you're taking it on yourself, you think there's a little bit of room for questioning? I mean, when you struggle with something, it's something you're going through. He took all of it. And it was in that garden where I was standing that that decision was made so that you and I could live victorious and live an overcoming life. Amen? There's no greater, there's no greater revelation and understanding in life. There's no greater understanding in life of a truth than this that will empower humanity to realize that there's hope on the earth. Amen? There's hope. There's hope here. Um, in Hebrews 5, I just want to drive this point home. This is a great verse of Scripture. You can go back and look at it. Today, 
we're in agreement that no word from God will ever fail. Amen. Amen? Everything that's being spoken, everything that's being sung today, it will not fail. <clears throat> Luke one thirty seven is that verse. That's not what we're looking at, but I'm just telling you today. No word from God from this service will fail in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 5 and 7, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. What he went through, and he, what he's talking about right there is in the garden. And watch this. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all of us who obey. Now when we have the, cho- the challenges in life, and, and, and when our will and his will don't match, and we begin to make the choice to do it his way, then we overcome the same way he overcame. But he overcame initially for you and I, so that we would be liberated and free. Can you say amen to that? So <clears throat> I want to give you just three examples of something, because I, I want you to think this through. Because what defeats you in life is your thinking and your emotions. It will defeat you. It will keep you from doing the Father's will. And <clears throat> I just was asking God to give me several examples that help people to, to understand this. And <clears throat> I don't want you to take this example wrong, but this is a real example. And when I was, when I was out of the country and I was in the Ukraine, and I, I went on this trip on purpose to, to see and, 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 and really allow God to show me the nations because he's been speaking to me for the last year and a half that this church is a church to the nations. And so I went on this trip with, with the purpose of, of hearing him about how to go to the nations and minister to people. Now, <clears throat> how many on television you see a commercial of starving children in third world countries? How many of you have seen those commercials? Come on, lift your hand if you've ever seen a commercial. Okay, what does it do to you? Grabs you, right? Little children, right? And they're starving, and and they are. I'm I'm, I'm telling you what, there there is a literal famine in Africa that is, that is covering that nation that in the natural realm. I'm not saying it's, that it's staying there. I'm saying there is right now in the natural a famine in that nation in many, many different ways. And so when you see those pictures, those are real pictures of children that are starving, okay? But our emotions, most people, your emotions want to write out a check, your emotions. But what does God say? Your emotions will not find any details a lot of times. Your emotions will just do something because of what a video says is going on. I'm not taking away from what's going on, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when I was in the Ukraine, and it wasn't, it wasn't something that someone else was telling me about. It was something that I saw. 50, and, and, and I'm talking about one hospital in one city in one little bitty place in a town of 5 million people in the world. 
And this is just one ward of the hospital. It's just 50 kids. Terminal diseases, terminal cancer patients from 2 to 12 years old, and all the result of Chernobyl, all the result of the contamination of Chernobyl. And here are these kids that, not just directly but indirectly, they've got cancer in their bodies because it contaminated their parents and, and different family members and things, and so now they've got it in their system and they're, and they're terminal cases and they have no hope. Okay? So here's an opportunity, and, and I mean, I, mean I, I, I just prayed whether I was going to even go, go to the hospital because I didn't know that we were, I thought we were just going to pray for some kids. But I didn't know it was going to be like this. And so I had to pray and ask God, okay, what's this about? And what, what are we going to do? What, 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 what am I here for? Why do you have me here? And, and two hours before we go to this hospital, they tell us the government won't let us pray for the kids. We have these gift bags. We were taking these kids, all this stuff, and they wouldn't let us pray. And I'm thinking, what do you mean we can't pray? He said, can't pray. They, they, they won't let you pray because you're going to stir up all kinds of stuff. Well, somebody that, one of the people from the church that we're associated with works in that hospital, and so they talked to the government, and, and like 30 minutes before we got there, we got the word, we, you can pray, but just real calm, don't stir anything up, don't get anybody mad or anything, you know? And so I, I, I've got in my phone, and you'll see some of these pictures up here, but in my phone, I've got pictures of, well, I said 50 kids, but I only went to 25, and the other group of us went to the other 25, and so they're sending me all the pictures. I don't have them yet. But I've got 25 pictures of, of children dying with no hope. I mean, a no-hope look I've never seen in my life, ever. And when I walked in there, see, here's a guy that's been born again for 40 years this year. I've heard the word preached from every direction. I've meditated. I've studied the word. It got down on the inside of me. And when I prayed in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit said, all you have to do is speak the name. You, you, you don't have to go in there and stir up a bunch of stuff and get everybody all riled up or whatever. All you do is declare the name of Jesus. So what I'm looking for is 25 kids that I touched and I declared in the name of Jesus, be made well. I'm expecting the, the report of 25 cancer patients healed because of what Jesus said, okay? Now, now because I was there and you're a part of the church and, and if things work the way it appears they're going to work, we're going to take a team of people back over there if it works out that way. It may, not, it may not, whatever. But if it does and all the connections are right and everything else, is that a good thing to support? Okay, because if we support it and we go and we get involved and invest in it and we invest financially, the finances are going to go right to the kids. It's going to go, all of it's going to go to what we're doing. See, if you give sometimes in emotion to things, and, and I'm not, I mean I, I mean, I wish we could help every child on the planet, but we got to get, we got to know the people that we're connected with, and then we got to hear the voice of God, and then we got to invest the right way. You see? And so often, 
we get pulled by our emotions, finding ourselves, I'm just using this as an example, finding ourselves doing things emotionally that is not the voice of God. See, and, and, and when you do something just out of emotion, sometimes the emotional act will enable situations and, and open things up that God didn't want opened up. And I'm just learning that. I'm, I'm seeing it after 40 years of my life. I'm just learning that to a level I've never seen before. And I'm telling you today, God, God is demanding us to walk in the power of his name. And the only way to walk in the power of his name is for us to hear him and do the things that he says and us be confident in it so that we're walking in what he paid for. We're not trampling down what he paid for. When he said, God, if there's any other way, let this pass from me. But now my will yours be done. And when he said that the third time, and I want you to notice, if you go back and read this passage, each and every time he came back, he got stronger. He said, just, just wait here and pray. Then when he comes back the third time, he said, come on, you're still not, you're still not standing with me. Get up, do what you need to do, you know. And he said, let's go, my betrayer is before me. He knew it. He had made the decision. The third time, it was a done thing. It was a done deal. It was over with. Amen? And I'm, I'm saying today that when you and I make a decision to do what's right and, and we do what is His will, things line up in ways we have no idea. When I prayed for those 25 children and I laid my hands on them, I am not just praying and, and leaving a sweet little thought with them, I left an expectation in them and in the mothers of those children that God is real. Amen? And that you can believe the Word of God and that things can change. That's, what, that's where we want our lives invested in, in things that are working that we know about. Can you say amen to that? Second thing is, <clears throat> um, emotionally a lot of times, and I'm talking about how to walk in the power of his name and get past things that try to affect us and keep us from walking that way. A lot of times you can find yourself deceived by people that want to give into you. People may want to give into the church or invest into your business, so they may want to do something for you personally. And a lot of times people come off as being a certain way, but a lot of times people can have a resume that intimidates you. They'll come to you and present things to you and try to convince you of something that is true when really what they're saying is not true. You don't want yourself connected to people that don't have the heart of God to advance the kingdom, but that are just in things to advance themselves. You don't want yourself connected like that. See, Jesus never let, he never let the laziness of his disciples, or, and he never let the controlling personalities of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people of his day bring him to them. He always rose it to and brought things to another level. He brought people out of where they were at. And a lot of times it's not just you not being connected to wrong people or, or wrong situations, but, but it's you not helping others to see what they're actually operating in. There's a lot of people operating in deception in the earth and, and they have this intimidating thing about them because of fear. But Jesus paid for that. The fear that he experienced in the garden 
was the beginning of your and my deliverance of being set free from any type of fear whatsoever. We don't have to intimidate people. You don't have to try to overtake people. You don't have to push people around and, and, and make them think you're something that you're not. Just be who you are. Amen? Because who you are in Christ is a hundred miles beyond and different than anything else on planet earth, who you are in Christ. But if you allow intimidation and you get connected to that, there's no walking in the power of his name. Because now you're separated from what God wants to do in and through you. Can you say amen to that? <coughs> and the third thing, um, the third thing, um, <coughs> When there are things in life that you can accomplish in the flesh, that you can press through in the flesh, or those things God wants you to wait and get from Him so that what you do is not a pressing, it's a doing. We were created to be doers of the Word, not pressers of the Word. Come on, Word, work. You know, anytime you've got veins sticking out of your neck trying to accomplish things in the Word, it's not, it's not working. You know, let the veins go down and back off, re relax. God's already got it covered. He's already, it's a finished work. It's going to work. We just have to be patient to do it His way. When He was in the garden, and even times leading up to the garden, there were all kinds of things that his disciples wanted to convince him were going were gonna to happen. Peter telling him, you know, they may all forsake you, but I'll never forsake you. You see? And, and they come into the garden, and the guys fall asleep once, twice, three times. They fall asleep continuously. They're being lazy. They're not standing with him. They're not doing anything with him. And then all of a sudden, he says, my betrayer is at hand. And then Peter pulls out a sword and wants to, boom, you know, and now he wants to make things right. Well, you know, I was a little lazy, but I'm going to cut an ear off and that's going to, that's going to take care of it all. Huh? Right? So I'm going to go do something in the flesh and I'm going to make it right, man. Bam! I will do this and, and, and then everything will be corrected. No. It doesn't work that way. See, the flesh forces, right? When, when, when we try to force things in the flesh to happen, all that happens is, is it pushes back the will of God. It, 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 it doesn't enable God to find a way to get things done. It, it makes things even worse, and it just prolongs His will being accomplished. Because what's not being worked out in us is His will. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered, that he suffered through. What he suffered on the cross in health and healing and deliverance in our lives, we don't suffer through. What we have to, quote, suffer through is the emotional connection to the flesh and our way of doing things that is not God's way. That's where you have to suffer. See, and if you don't suffer through that and get delivered of that and be able to say, as he said, Lord... Man, I, I don't know what to do about this situation. In the natural, I could go make this happen and make this thing happen. I could press this thing through. But all I know is your will, based on what the Word says, is to see me through this situation. So I hear your voice, and I will do what you tell me to do. Now, if you tell me to go and do this or talk to this person or try to work this situation out this way, then that's what I'll do. But I'm not going to do it trying to make something happen and not hear your voice. And that's what, that's what Jesus, he was literally trying to do that with his disciples. Help me. 
help me, stay awake. I mean, come on, do this. And so we focus on those lazy disciples when I don't know if a spiritual insomnia just came over them because God was trying to show them they can't do anything for you. This is between you and me. And so he went, he had a, one group and he had the next group and he left them and he went to the deep place. And it was that third time when Father said, it's done. You remember in the Passion of the Christ when there was that moment the snake was going through the garden? I think, what a great example. And he rose up and he stuck his foot right on the neck of that stake. And right then, there was the choice. No, not my will. I'm here for the long haul. I'm here to walk this thing out. And now he's empowered you and I to walk out the same thing. Huh? We can do it. You and I have the power to do the will of the Father every day, but we have to learn how to get control of our emotions and not allow the emotional state that there is in life. I mean, you know, listen, there's no way around it. There, the emotions in life, there's no way around. You and I are people of emotion, okay? You're not going to get rid of your emotions. You just have to learn to bring them under control, right? And not be led by the emotion, but let the emotion turn you to God and say, you know what? This, this emotional decision here to, to buy this business or to do this thing or, or buy something over here, I feel emotional, but I don't feel peace. And when I don't feel peace about something, I'm not going to make a decision until I have peace, so I'm going to stay and I'm going to be patient until I have peace and I know exactly that what I'm doing is what God wants me to do. And until that comes, listen, then, then, see, People that appear to forsake you in those times, they'll come back to you when what you do works. And I promise you, if you do it God's way, it will work every single time. Every single time. We just have to learn what that is and take the principles that I'm talking about today and work that out. It'd do you really good to meditate on that one thought. Not my will, but yours be done. Just meditate on that and let God open that up and reveal to you what that means in your life. Because what it means to, to me isn't going to necessarily mean the exact same thing to you, you know, in your lives. But, but, but the truth is there. And I promise you, if you're honest and you'll be honest with God and honest with your feelings and your emotion, I'm telling you, it'll take you to new heights. But remember this, remember this. I didn't say we don't need people. We need people. We need each other. We need the church. But when times of decision come about something that God is dealing with you, he's saying, you know what? Get out of your emotions. Don't be blaming other people because this didn't happen. See, Jesus could have blamed them. You know, you worthless disciples. I have to go through all this because you wouldn't stay awake and we couldn't pray through and call the angels of God down to destroy all this mess. I Jesus could have pressed in and just, I mean, Father, send those angels. I'm, I'm done. Huh? And you guys wouldn't stand with me. It's their fault. And so in the history of the world, we would have seen in the Scriptures written, well, you know, if we hadn't failed Jesus, He wouldn't have had to die on the cross. No. It was the will of the Father. God, if there's any other way, son, I'm sorry. There's no other way. It's got to happen this way. Can you say amen? amen. And today, it's got to happen His way in your life for you to get the same results that Jesus got. And you know what Jesus got? got you 
And you know what we get every time we obey? We get him. (laughs) We get him every single time. We get him, healer. We get him, prosperity. We get him, peace. We get him, free from fear. We get him, all that he is, that's what we get. Every time we choose obedience, we get him. Now, I don't know about you. I was born not not last night, but that's a heck of a deal. (laughs) He gets me and I get him? (laughs) Come on, huh? He's everything. The name of Jesus. I, I will never be the same again in my life where praying for somebody is concerned. At the moment, when I pray for health and wholeness in, in a person's life, at the moment, all that's coming out of my mouth is Jesus. Amen. Unless Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, tells me to say something else. But when I spoke Jesus over those little kids, I mean, I could feel it. I mean, it was 40 years of word and everything that just came out at the moment for the life of those little kids. I mean, I've been deep into Mexico, and in, in, in South America, there's one hopelessness in some of those places, but I saw hopelessness here I'd never seen before. I mean, I mean it was like, a, in these little kids, it was like a black hole. There was no hope. There was nothing. Nobody that knew anything about God. And we, come in, we walk in there, and we bring this hope, and the hope was rising in the mothers. They, they were actually believing. And then I saw it. People were healed because they believed Jesus believed it. And these mothers believed we believed it. See, we walked in there, and, and they really believed we believed Jesus would heal their kids. There was a, a husband and a wife that were in the waiting room. We, we didn't even know... They weren't one of the ones we were going to see, and and uh, their little four-year-old or three, whatever it was. What did I say? Two-year-old, two-year-old was having surgery, and they didn't even know that he was going to come out of surgery. We found out later that he did, and he's doing well. And we were able to pray with the parents right there and and declare that. I mean, I mean, the, you, you, these are hopeless people. I, I, I don't know. It, it, you just had to be there. I've never seen a hopelessness. I've seen hopeless, but I've never seen a hopelessness like this. And it wasn't that they didn't have food and those, it, it wasn't that kind of a hopelessness. It was a hopelessness like the Bible talks about without, without God and without hope in the earth. That was, it was so deep. And, and our connection with the mothers now, that's why I think, I think that our church will connect in this direction, I think. You know, I've, we haven't worked all the details out of but I think that's what God wants us to do. And there'll be a connection there with people and, and, and the results of the healings that we'll be able to be a part of in these children because of the name of Jesus. I promise you, I'm telling you. There's, there's going to be report after report of these kids well because of the name of Jesus. Amen? So... My encouragement to you today is, and let me just read this verse. What time is it? I'm sorry. I'm probably going way past, right? No, I'm not. <clears throat> Seems like I've been talking for a long time. Let me read these two verses. Ephesians 6.10. <clears throat> and this is what I'm giving you today in regards to walking in the power of his name. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of the name of Jesus. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in your revelation with God. Be strong in your connection with God to make the choices to do His will and not your will. See, be strong in the Lord and in the power that's in the name of Jesus. In Philippians 3, and I'll end with this. And verse 10 says, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. And what Paul was saying here that I, I have to realize, Paul was saying this after 30 years of ministry, I have to realize more every day what Jesus paid for so I don't, I, I don't misunderstand it and misuse it and trample it under and not realize the power that is at, at my disposal and that is available that's in the name of Jesus because everything he did, he invested in his name and he invested it in the name, and then he gave us his name. He gave us the power of attorney to use the name in the earth to see the things accomplished like they happened in his, his ministry, and even greater because now we can all do it. Can you say amen? amen? He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. The fellowship of his sufferings, what he suffered through, in when he said, not my will, but yours be done. Gosh, I was standing in the garden of Gethsemane, and I just, when I said that on that little video, it just, man, it hit me. That choice was made right there to empower you and I to make that choice every single day. You know what? There's no reason for me to do anything other in life than the will of the Father. No. I have his spirit, I have his word, all of heaven's backing up everything. I don't have to do that. I just have to take the time to make sure that my emotions and and, uh, any unrenewed area of my mind is not making quality decisions in my life. Because if they are, it's going to lead you astray. It'll lead you right over the side of a cliff. You might be smiling going over, but I'll tell you, on on the other side there, it's not going to be well. Amen? God is good. Huh? And Megan's teacher of the year. (laughs) And God is good. Amen? I mean, God is good. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, God is good. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's made you well. 